0: Okay, folks, thanks for listening today. Uh, I'm really excited to have Angela Salamanca on the phone. Uh, Angela's in Raleigh, and uh, if you listen to Van Nalentha's podcast um, from a couple of months ago, uh, he mentioned Angela as being a wonderful mentor to him, and I've just heard so many things, great things uh, about you, Angela. So thank you very much for taking the time today and, and for being with us.
1: Absolutely. It's an honor.
0: Uh, so, uh, as we always kind of do with these these things, uh, just tell me, kind of give me a little bit about your backstory. I, you know, I, I did I did some research. I know you uh, you were born in South America and you were there until after high school, and you wound up coming to the states. and uh, And uh, we're fortunate to have you here in North Carolina. And um, your <laughs> uncle was here, but um, uh, it sounds like we got lucky. So, but but tell me a little bit about that story and kind of you know just sort of your background uh, in the restaurant business.
1: So I think I'm the one that got lucky, you know. Um, uh, for some reason, uh, I I graduated from high school in 1993, which seems like a forever ago. And I applied to college and I did not get in. So mom and dad um, decided that it would be a good idea for me to come to the States and uh, take six months before I could apply to college again. And then my uncle Carlos was here. And he, he had this restaurant. So they said, well, why don't you just go and hang out with him? You can practice your English, and then you can come back and take the test again, and then you just start the rest of your life. And Bogota, in the late 1990s, was a really difficult city to be in. It was very, very violent. There was a lot of stuff going on with the drug cartels. Uh, but because that's what, you, that's what you are, you kind of not question it, right? That's what you do. It's just part of your, nat- your natural. It's Um, so I didn't really even realize, uh, how lucky I was with that, with that trip, coming here to to see Carlos and, and for what I thought it was going to be a six month sort of like break. Uh, so I started working with him right away. I was 17. Um, this is the first time I'm away from mom mom and dad, especially mom, because I grew up with, with a single mother and she was, uh. She was very involved and very controlling. So being here away from her and away from home was really interesting. It really, really, it really, literally opened my my eyes to the possibilities of what could happen uh, for me in life. Um, so I started working with him. Uh, I think um, I still remember. So Carlos owns this very famous restaurant in Raleigh called Dos Taquitos. I don't know if you've ever, ever heard of it.
0: You're, yeah, and it's been there a long time and, 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 and has been very successful for a long time.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, he's been open for, I think, 24 years. Um, and he has been uh, the base of a lot of things that have happened from that restaurant and with our family in terms of businesses. But Carlos is a very generous, generous human being. So he's always taking people in from our family to help them out, whether it's for a temporary period of time or uh, to start a a partnership or a new venture. He's always been very generous. He's a very generous person. I venture to say he's the most generous person in our family. So uh, I remember that we came, I was here with uh, another teenager that was coming from Colombia as well that had another relation to the family. And we started working at the Stajitos. And I remember the first Friday we ever worked, they sent us to run food in the kitchen. And it was such chaos in my eyes, you know, as a seventeen year old it was such chaos to see all these food running in and out of the kitchen and these huge trays, and it just it was like white noise, but I had never experienced that in my life, so it was really overwhelming, but it was really, really invigorating too um so I worked with him as a runner for about six months. And then um, I became a server in that restaurant. And then through this time, I realized that maybe going back home was not what I wanted to do. Uh, Six months, so I stayed for a year. And then at the year mark, I stayed for another year. And then after that second year, I was like, I'm not going back home. And, like, I knew it then. And I think I had a strong enough voice after being here for two years to say, I can take care of myself, I'm going to say. Mm. Uh, So I did that. (laughs) And um, never really thought that I was going to start a restaurant on my own. I know I really like people, and I had uh, a way of um, connecting with folks. I love food. Uh, I love the moments and the experiences that we created at the restaurant. But I wasn't sure, you know, like, if this was going to be something that was going to play a role in my life later on, or if it was just a transitional time for me. Uh, And then at some point, I decided to go back to school, and I got a major um, in fine arts and art history at UNC. Um, And I think that time in my life gave me an opportunity to see myself as an artist and that I really wanted to be creating things in life. So I did a lot of photography and installation work while I was in school. I met a lot of really interesting people. But after I graduated, I couldn't really find anything to do that was inspiring to me. So the opportunities, and I got married through the process and had had my first kid. I was working for the city for the Performing Arts Center. And then Carlos said, there is a chance to open up a lunch spot in downtown Raleigh. Do you want to look at it? I think I was six months pregnant with my second child. Hmm. And I said, um, okay. I knew once I became a mother, I knew I wanted to do something that I could leave a legacy for my kids, you know, in terms of financial stability. Because growing up, that was not something that we had with mom. Right, uh, and even though I was married when all of this happened, I, I felt like we needed to create something that was tangible for the kids. And at that time, we didn't have it. So I think that's what that's what what drove me to say to Carlos, "Yeah, let's go take a look at the spot and see what the possibilities are." And we actually put an offer on the building because we we bought the building, and it was denied. They took another offer. I had Anna, and then I think when Anna was six months, they came back to us and said, "Are you guys still interested in the building?" Um, so we were in a position to do a better negotiation for the building, and we ended up buying the building, um, and decided that we were going to open this restaurant just for lunch. Little did I know <laughs> what I had signed up for. Hmm. So. Um, I think the word got out that we were going to open a location for the Taquitos in downtown Raleigh. And people started saying, well, you can't just be open for lunch. You need to be open for dinner. Um, So we started revisiting what that would look like. And then Marta came into the picture. Marta was her chef for the first year that the restaurant was open. Marta was from Panama and she was working with Carlos at the moment, but there wasn't enough creative space for her to be where she was, so bringing her into this new venture seemed like the most fitting uh, for us. Uh, And then the other thing that happened as we were, like, under construction uh, was that Carlos reconnected. Carlos is my uncle. He reconnected to his high school sweetheart. And, um, decided that he could no longer live without this woman, so he moved back to Colombia. Oh, my goodness. So I had all kinds of panic moments because, you know, I had never opened a restaurant before. My my youngest one had just turned a year old. Uh, I had a two-year-old. Um, I, was 20, I was 28. I was 28. And he said, okay, I'm out. I know you can do it. And he left.
0: <laughs> wow. And so he left um, not only so that you were starting this restaurant, but also he had those taquitos. what So were you running that for him mm-hmm. while, so when he left? I, had
1: left? I had left the taquitos to come to have my child. And then, okay. um, so, yeah, I was not involved with those taquitos. We had another uncle that was working there at the time.
0: Okay.
1: So I think he felt like, you know, there was enough structure where he could go. And he did. And and to me that was sort of like the biggest gift. Because even though I had no idea what I was doing, it gave me an opportunity. It sort of like created an opportunity. I've always been a believer. That necessity is the biggest space for creativity to happen. So I I needed to make sure that it worked. So I pour my heart and soul into this project. And I reached out to Ashley, too. She was such an instrumental part of when we first opened, because she was opening pools at the same time. I think we opened in September, and she opened pools in December. Um, so she was very instrumental. She had already had another restaurant, Vin, and she had all this experience that she was young. I think we're the same age. Um, and she was just so generous with her time and her contacts and, and, and her advice. Uh, so I felt like you know I'm gonna reach out to the people that I know, and we're just gonna go we're just gonna go to town and and, and make this work uh so we we did the first year uh and then Martha passed away so and, you're so uh, you've got
0: two young children you've you've figured out how to get this place open um, yes. And then a year into it, your chef. So one a, a year after you opened, your chef passed away.
1: Yeah, she had cancer. She had been battling with cancer since she was 18, so this was like an ongoing thing for her. But you know, she had periods of her life where she had been very, very healthy. And then, um, I think, I think it was eight months into it, she got really sick. And. We were trying to make it work, you know, so she could continue to help and be there. Um, but it was, it was not, it was not what what was going to happen. So she passed, and uh, we were faced with the decision of what are we going to do, right? We had, I mean, she had a sous chef, and um, it was hard to work with him. I, I've, I've seen one of the things that I have learned. By working in this industry, is that as a Latin American woman uh, to be taken seriously by a Latin American man, which is a lot of the men that I work with. There's this there's this cultural um, wall that it's hard it's hard for them to cross over. Um, so it was a challenge. It was very challenging there for a while, and then one day he said, "I think I'm gonna go." And we didn't have a plan. I said, "Okay, well, if 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 you're gonna go, you're gonna go, and that's that's what's so." Uh, he came back a week later. He said, "No, I don't think I want to go." And I, you know, me being naive, I said, "Yeah, you can come back." <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, but I said, "If you ever do this again, know that you don't have a job because I'm not gonna play this game with you." And sure enough, a week later, he he said. I'm leaving. So I remember sitting down with my cousin, Natalia, who worked with me until last year, and said, so this is this is what's so. Miguel is leaving. What are we going to do? Uh, and I said, I have this idea that might work. If you could take over the front of the house, I would take over the kitchen. And I think that we can make it work.
0: And and, you, and I, I mean, you've not at this point had experience in the in the kitchen. Oh, you you've not you've not cooked or I've or, never or, run a
1: kitchen in my life before. Oh, you never I, run a I kitchen. had a okay. lot of okay. I had a lot of creative input into what we were doing just because um I feel like the artist in me was really, really interested in, in all of that was happening, but not the day to day of of running a kitchen at all. Um so she said a call I remembered talking to various people and and kind of like asking for advice and just going with my gut. And we said, yeah, let's do it. I think we can do it. So I took over the kitchen the very next day and Natalia took over the front of the house. And I've never worked so hard in my life as those first three years. Uh, but I think um. that Yes.
0: Oh, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So, I, uh, so yeah, we just kind of took over, and I started organizing things and uh, putting structures in place and really understanding um, what is it that we were doing and how we were going to do it and why we were doing it. And I think that's what drove me to to work in the kitchen and to, and to make it, you know, to make it work for everybody else. Um, and just this deep sense of commitment to my kids and to the project. Um, so, yeah, we and we started having fun with it, right? I mean, it was a lot of hard work, but it was still a lot of fun. There was a lot of space for creativity for me there. And, and to really find myself in a place where I could be the leader that I didn't know that I was going to be. And this is, you know, like this is going back to, I had no idea that this was going to be a possibility for me when I moved to the States, like finding myself in a position where I could fully take charge and make a difference. Even if it was just in the life of of the people that were involved in our project at the time.
0: Let me ask you this. Um, So as, an artist, as a creative person, uh, how does that? I guess what are the pros uh, of having that type of skill set in the restaurant business, and what are the cons, if you will, if there are any?
1: Um, there are. So I somebody just called me the other day. Um, so you know, you're sort of like a visionary. Um, so I feel like as an artist, I am that, you know, I have all these creative ideas that all kind of like don't have a ceiling for what we can do. But in my team, I've always had integrators, and those are the people that actually get things done with the staff. Uh So I think that's been like my biggest – uh my biggest contribution to work, but also it's been my biggest challenge because I have hundreds of ideas of things that we want to do, but in reality, putting things into practice sometimes is not feasible. Um, How do you...
0: Well, how do you prioritize? I mean, you've got... So you've got hundreds of ideas. I think a lot of creative people struggle with this, maybe one of them. How how do you take those ideas which all all are seem great uh and are but how do you how do you determine which ones are the most important or how do you prioritize those and put the you know others on the back burner or or maybe realize some of them are you know ones that might seem great but just you're not going to be able to do
1: well i mean i think by by creating a space where i have room to speak about the ideas that i have but i also have people in my team that hold me accountable and kind of, like, bring me back to the ground by, like, hey, this is amazing, but maybe we can't do this right now because of these and these and that, and these are, like, a priority right now. So I feel like, for me, being able to be the boss has been great because I can speak what's in my mind and what's in my heart, um, but having a team that holds me accountable for what's actually possible in real life is been what's made us effective and efficient in what we're doing. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. It, It makes a ton of sense. Um, what about, tell me more about, so, so you, so Carlos leaves, you've probably got, it probably was scary. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but and, and here you are and you're you've got all this going on in your personal life with a, a child and one on the way and um that is an amazing amount uh, to take on but you, you said that it was also it turned out to be the a, a gift from him did that tell me more about that because that's a uh, a very inspiring way to to look at something where you you could have said, "Gosh, he's left me in the lurch. How am I going to do this?" You know, but you turned it into you know this frees me to uh, pursue this with with passion and vision and gusto. Uh, so so and
1: and, and in my own way, right? Well, no, I I feel way. like the restaurant would be a totally different face if he had been an active partner in mm-hmm. in the creation of what we do. You know, just like just our everyday, day to, like, day-to-day structures of how we run a chef on how we keep inventory or how we track, you know, schedules, like just basic things. Like, I've been able to create that from what I think is best, uh, you know, But and, and really having the opportunity to own my mistakes instead of having just to be um, – and, and I think that was the biggest challenge of the restaurant at the beginning because we named the restaurant – Dos Taquitos Centro, because we kind of wanted to pay back on Dos Taquitos popularity, but those, but our restaurant was nothing like Dos Taquitos, you know. I think that in the state, and I didn't know this with such clarity, uh, there's this franchise uh, understanding, right, like everything that is called the same should look the same, smell the same, be the same. And if it's not, mm-hmm. then you are not, you're, uh, what is the word? You are. Um, CV, well, you're being
0: Right, right. And, and, and people don't like the, incon- you know, yeah, exactly. They're, it's they're inconsistent, right?
1: Right. Uh, so, you know, like our menu was totally different. We've gone against something that all Mexican restaurants do in the United States, which is giving free chips and salsa. And I said, I'm not, we're not doing that. And we're not doing that because... Um, the experience, and I don't know if this is something that you have experienced, but I feel like a lot of people, when they think of eating Mexican food, they it's always this extra sense of fullness because you have, like, overindulged in chips and salsa, and then you don't really enjoy yep. your meal. You don't give yourself an opportunity to have space for dessert or enjoy another cocktail. So it was a really, really um, intentional decision, and, man, it's backlash. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> because people are so selfish, but you know we use higher quality ingredients in everything that we do, so for us, it was not something that we could just like write off so little things and big things that were decisions that I made that were that were different you know it was just it was just a different restaurant if because he wasn't here because it was my opportunity to create this um. So I think that you, that as an artist, like, that was great, right?
0: I, I totally agree. Do, do you think, Angela, that, um, you know, it's interesting, people that uh, follow a, a trend or conventional wisdom because that's how everybody else does it, then you can't create anything that's unique that way, right? Like, so... Mm-hmm. Um, because Mexican restaurants all have chips and salsa that are free, people expect that, but then you kind of get to the point where you expect every Mexican restaurant to sort of be the same because of that Mm -hmm. in many Mm -hmm. ways. And so uh, I think that's fantastic that you had the courage to trust your instincts. And and does that – does part of that get – I guess that goes back to your point that it was a gift from Carlos. He gave you, he said, you got this, you know, it kind of giving you the confidence like, hey, just just go trust yourself. You can do this um, without relying on him as, uh, I don't know, not a crutch, but then, then again, a lot of times when we're, you know, we're working with somebody that has experience, we, we kind of defer to them and we, we hold ourselves back. So he enabled you yep. to not hold yourself back is really yeah. what that was about. And it made you – Gave you the confidence to create something unique and special and not follow convention, which has enabled you to create something that is your own and is not like everybody else's restaurant. Uh, yeah. Is that,
1: yeah, okay. I would say it was a first assessment. <laughs> I and mean, it's so much easier and lighter to see it like now that it's eight years in the making than at the time. I don't think at the time I even had space to even like being able to recognize it as that. Cause we were just doing, right? Just doing, 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 doing. Um. So yeah, it's been it's been an interesting, interesting full ride for sure.
0: Tell me about. Um. I want to go back to. Uh, I made a note. You, you mentioned earlier that you bought your building. Was that something that? Um. Was. Was that a a make or break? Kind of, kind of a deal for you, or why did you all? Why was that important to you? Uh,
1: I don't think that it was important to me. I think what I knew coming into this partnership with Carlos was that I want to be able to be a partner. I will work with you. Uh, I have nothing to give him but my work. But I, whatever deal that we do, I want to make sure that I'm a successful partner with you, Uh, just in base of securing securing the future of the kids and my family. Um, so I knew it was a, a it was a possibility of investment. I think at the time it was easy for us. It was easier for us to to buy the property we had a, a little bit more resources available to be able to do that um, now I see the value of having made that decision
0: yeah yeah well go go
1: ahead,
0: go ahead
1: Sorry, I, and you know i I've realized that a lot of things big things that have happened in my life have come up have kind of happened out a chance, like moving to the States, a uh, a lot of relationships that I've been myself a lot of people that I've related myself with like sort of like by chance, but by believing in that or kind of like sticking to that, there's all these possibilities that have come to that, and I feel like the restaurant and the building—it's—it's it's also on that same theme, you know. It was sort of like by chance, but I really, truly believed in it and put myself into it. And now, you know, we have these properties downtown Raleigh. Um, that, if nothing else, it—it—it <laughs> it, it, it was a good investment for us.
0: So. Absolutely, yeah. Well, the re- I asked that because. And not everybody, everybody that's getting into the business, certainly by any means, can they buy the building they want to go into. Sometimes it's just not, not in the equation. Um, but I always hear, you know, a lot of folks talk about, um, when they, when they don't own their building that, you know, lease negotiations a lot of times can get very tricky and can, um, be in part the reasons, you know, some places wind up having to close their doors upon, you know,
1: well, you know, I mean, Carlos is a perfect opportunity. He's a perfect example of that. He's he, he, those Taquitos, who was in business for the longest time. Um, it still is, but they had to move locations after 23 years in business because of a, because of a dispute there with the landlord that could not be resolved. Hmm. And that has a crazy, you know, that has a huge impact on your business.
0: Yeah, it it really is and you'll you'll never have to face that, which is which is awesome. Um so then you're so you use a lot of um seems like I read on your website you use a lot of or, you know as many local um fresh or organic um ingredients as you can. Is that is that right?
1: So yes, that's so and this is something else that we're really really getting back to. I think the restaurant was really uh the concept of a restaurant was really how do how can we make this cuisine work with as many local and as many you know uh organic ingredients in the area and we've really danced around that for many years. How do we make this work in terms of cost in terms of being profitable uh in terms of making this cuisine work and how how I have learned to do that in my journey as becoming the main cook of this. Of this venture, in um, creating those relationships with people, how do we make this sustainable for work? So that's sort of like an ongoing evaluation that we're always doing. Like, how can we do this more effectively? How can we? Is this something that we could do all the time? Is something that we realize that we can? So we like to feature a lot of our special events. Um, with the relationships that we have with farmers in in, in our local agriculture. Uh, and I always continue, you know, like revising our menu so we can add those things in there. But that's been one of my biggest, biggest uh learning curves as 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 a person that, that manages the kitchen of his restaurant.
0: How do you do you um mentor- other folks, I mean, I know you know Van came to you and um, years ago and, and, and got advice from you, and you've developed a good relationship with him, and I'm sure you two keep each other inspired. But do you have young folks that come to you asking for advice and mentorship? And if so, what what's your what is your your style uh, with that? Um,
1: I feel like my first line of mentorship it's my my staff, and and I'm really intentional with everything that we do. So we really make a difference in the life of the people that work for us. Uh, and I and I think through the years it's been really beautiful to see that we are actually making a little bit of a difference in the people of in the life of the people that work for us or in the people on the life of the people that no longer work for us but work for us at some point. And how that's always come back in in in, in beautiful stories and beautiful sharings from them or other people. Uh, so I feel like I am more of a mentor to those folks than anything else. You know, I reach out to my community. I We do a lot of work with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, and in turn, we have now people that used to be in their after-school program work for us. Um, but this, this is actually an ongoing conversation that we have with somebody like Vance. Uh, and it's how do we create spaces where there is possibility for confidence in young folks? And hmm. I think I think that a, a lot about that because of my I have two girls, two young girls. So I'm always, you know, trying to figure out okay, what is this what is this thing that they need to learn so they can be amazing in whatever it is that they decided they want to do. Not not successful, but just amazing, you know, so they can really, really be happy and thrive. And, and I think after many, many, many conversations, that's sort of like being the conclusion. It's like if we have a space where they can build confidence, they can really take on anything. And how do we create that space for them?
0: Well, I, I love that. Uh, you, what is it that you hope, uh, and I think I'm, Based on what you just said, I probably know where you're going to go with this. But what is it that you hope that people that come through, that are a part of Centro, part of your team, for some period of time, and, and move along? What do you hope they take with them?
1: Um, I think that you know to not be afraid, uh, hmm. to uh, take take what's there and run with it, to honor your talents, um, to learn how to uh work as a team and and realize that there's there's really a lot of power in in letting other people be part of your dream or be part of your journey, you know, like active part of your journey, how to have an intentional everyday uh when it comes to you know the shift when it comes to your relationships when it comes to everything just how to be intentional about who you are in the world or who you are for your team or who you are for your family Uh, because it makes a difference you know like everything that you do and everything that you say to anybody in the world makes a difference and sometimes Mm -hmm. that difference can really change their lives and it could be something little you know or it could be something huge but just making sure that the, the difference that you're making, it's – and I hate to be saying things like good or bad, but like like a real difference, you know, where where you can move somebody into action so they can do whatever it is that they want to do. Move to another country or pursue a different career or really take on the possibility of recreating their family relationships with their mother and their father. You know, I don't know, but like having an intentional life, I feel like that's what's made – the biggest difference
0: in the way that we work well you, you clearly have lived up to that and I'm sure you've served as, as a great um, role model and example uh, of living that way which you know we we learn from what people tell us and we learn from what people around us do and you've clearly you clearly lived that out so Angela I'm I'm inspired I am uh excited to um have a chance next time. I, I'm in Charlotte, but I get to Raleigh fairly uh, often. My dad lives in Cary, so you can you can bet I'll I'll be
1: in the Walking here. in your
0: do- <laughs> yeah yeah, I'll be walking <laughs> in your door sometime here. I'll let you know when I'm coming. But I, I really uh, cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this, and I appreciate it. And your story is amazing, and I wish you uh, just all kinds of continued success and happiness and joy with your uh, your family and and your team and and your business and um just really appreciate you sharing this uh with with me and and the folks listening today
1: Absolutely I'm I'm so honored that you asked and um you know just the possibility of sharing it's always it makes it so real and so powerful just to kind of like go back and 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 just and name what's happened
0: Oh, absolutely! Well, it's it's been an amazing journey, and um, all the best for continued success to you, Angela. And thank you, thank you so so much. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to you, and I really appreciate you uh, doing this. So, I will. Uh, I'll be in touch. I will be uh, back in Raleigh within the next uh, couple of months, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a ring. I'd love to come by and uh, enjoy a meal with you.
1: And we can show you the bar upstairs. We just opened this amazing bar. And oh, and you're upstairs, really right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, we yeah, just we just right. did that, it's... and that that in itself was a whole other journey. <laughs> of a lot oh of my lessons. gosh! But it turned out into this really beautiful space. Um, uh, so I'm really really excited to see. Like, I I feel like this this opened, like this cracked something else that we can do. Uh, so I'm really excited to be able to like see that. You need well, it. I can't it's really, wait to. Really I can't
0: wait to check it out. Congratulations on that. I had read that. Yeah, that you were doing this. So that's that's awesome. Well, congratulations. There'll be there'll be a, be a year
1: of- in March since we opened the bar.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, well, I'll let you run, and I hope that you're. Uh, I hope you're able to get the oatmeal done before we did this because it's probably cold by now. <laughs> I not, did. So, um, <laughs> I okay, did. Good.
1: I, I tugged it. <laughs>
0: All right. Cool. Well, thank you, Angela. Have a good one.
1: Absolutely. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All
0: right. Take care. Bye-bye.